And it is here. The closing hours of 2020 are upon us, and soon it'll be the dawn of a new year. And would it be fair to say that we need some joy brought to this world? Of course it would. And that was our friend Bruce Fry there opening us up in this prelude to the podcast with Joy to the World, which is, as we were just discussing, not specifically, strictly a Christmas song, but it is a second coming song. Therefore, it fits the week that we're in. Absolutely. Here's a question for you. Would it be fair to say that there is in the world, in the world, a lot of hope riding on the entrance of 2021? I believe that'd be an understatement. Yeah. So I, I learned this this morning. The United Nations has declared 2021 as the international year of peace and trust. 2021. Wow, it is coming. It is... Um, Can you reread that international year? Yes. Well, I thought that might get you. The year of peace and trust. Is it not ironic that that comes up I know. within months after the, the biggest display of a lack of peace and trust that... At that least, is still going on? Yeah, that, that yeah. America has ever seen. And I don't want to speak for other countries because I know the world doesn't revolve around America. But I would think... It doesn't? Yeah. Heresy. <laughs> America. America. Yeah. Point being, that's an ironic international year of... Well, if it works, good for us. Right. But it's the United Nations, so... Yeah. They should have done it at the beginning of last year. Oh, yeah. A little late. A little late. A little behind yeah. the times. Yeah, they're, they're reacting instead of being maybe they proactive. Just, maybe they... So hope and reflection and worship, these are the themes of today's podcast here in the latter part of the week and in the midst of what is known in the church tradition as Christmastide or the 12 days of Christmas, which starts on Christmas Day, I guess, or Christmas Eve, depending on what your tradition may be, and it runs through the next 12 days or to what the... I guess the, the church proper, if that's the right way to say it, considers the epiphany. It's also known in the world this week we're in as... Twixtmas. Thank you for saying that mm. because I didn't want to publicly say it again. I like Christmas Tide way better. When you used <laughs> yeah. Twixmas the other day, man, that, that does sound... makes me want to Twix. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> Twixmas. I don't like, I don't like saying this, but Twixmas. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to discuss how men of God can successfully navigate the in-between of Christmas and New Year's. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire, and the flames are controlled by You know, if nothing else, a continuation of the Christmas season after Christmas Day can at least help us in that we can actually focus on Christ. We can focus on His coming, 
and what Christmas is supposed to be about without all the distractions of the pre-Christmas day season where you got the scurry and the hurry. And, and all of that can be a real roadblock to what the Advent season was supposed to bring to us. Do you find that that is true for yourself? Do you find, or, and maybe in the past you haven't, but maybe this year you're seeing that it's it's that possibility or that opportunity to, okay, now that that pre-Christmas stuff is done, I actually have some time here to focus on what all this is about. I think so. I think the, the significance of Christmas, especially this year, is heightened a little bit more because so all that we have gone through this year throughout all of 2020, and then you know we were talking at the beginning of this year, I think we even had a couple of, of podcast episodes about looking forward to the renewal of all things, the restoration, the coming kingdom, living with a kingdom mindset, getting out of this present world. I think Christmas is, is now, this, this week, it's a great opportunity to put all that in perspective because we've got this fresh reminder. Jesus did come. We did have the first advent. We are looking forward to the return of our king. And so it, it's almost like it brings full circle a year's worth of lessons. And we've now, with you know the turning the chapter to another year, we've kind of got a chance to, to anticipate, to put into practice, to, to, to continuing on in, in what we're learning. Yeah, so this year for us has been different. Uh, we actually, we weren't able to meet with my family last week, so they're actually coming over tomorrow. They're coming over a week after. They'll be over New Year's Day celebrating Christmas, but it was nice in the fact that, A, and I know it sounds like a broken record here, but just going through the motions, like every year, it's just like it's, okay, it's Christmas time, all right, it's New Year, you know, it's Christmas Eve, we got to do this, it's Christmas Day, we got to do that. But this year it was so different. It took us out of that 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 trend. Took us out of that going through the motions phase to where it was just us as a family, and we really focused in on it. And that joy and peace that you have on Christmas Day is not the same as it is, you know, when you first wake up and you have that time with your family. But this year, more than any year in recent memory, it's it's lingered mm-hmm. it, because I know. We're still going to have more family time. We're still, and I've reminded myself, this is how it should be every year. I need to get out of that, what we talked about in previous episodes. Need to get out of that. Okay, it's Christmas Eve. We got to do this now. Okay, it's Christmas Day. We got, but just, just dwell in it and have that joy. And I've enjoyed it this past week. I've, I've been in the spirit of Christmas. And so there, there's maybe somebody listening right now, and hopefully you'll pick this up on New Year's Eve, the, the day it comes out. But you may l- listen to that and think, but I didn't get that. I missed that. Man, I didn't capture all that. Well, hey, look, don't lose heart because that's what we're going to talk about today, that this is an opportunity for that right now. In other words, historically, traditionally, we are in the season of Christmas right now. Mm-hmm. Now, in American culture, no. Yeah. If you didn't experience that in the early part, you know, leading up to Christmas Day or even on Christmas Day, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to capture that. So we're going to talk about today how to navigate through this in-between time of Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Now, again, once this releases, it's going to be New Year's Eve, so you think, well, the week's almost over. But the way it falls this year, you've got New Year's Day on Friday, and then you're going to have your Saturday, your Sunday. And then, let's just be honest, by Monday, it all kicks back in. Because even right now, right now, work is is already gearing back up for a lot of people. They've already been back to work a lot of people. 
and the pressure's back at work possibly. Like, okay, now it's New Year's coming. we got to meet the demands. we got to set the goals. we got to – and there's a big stir. Already people are trying to drive you mad with the new year. Children are thinking, oh, i got to go back to school next week. And so there's this treacherous water – that we're trying to navigate through these days of my Christmas is over, New Year's is kind of fun, but it's going to be the last thing, and then i got to get back to it. For men, for fathers, husbands, a lot of this rides on us. But how do we lead our families through this, and how do we keep the spirit of Christmas and the joy? There's something called seasonal affective disorder. Have you ever heard of this? No. The acronym is SAD, S-A-D. Now, it is a clinically diagnosed thing. And I know I know what you're thinking, or maybe what you will think, is that there's a clinical diagnosed thing for everything, everything these days. This is actually called seasonal affective disorder, and it has to do with that mood disorder that sets in this time of year through the holiday season, but it is strongest at the end of the year, the week that we're in. Now, listen to this. Look, we know the answer to this. Can I just say that up front? We're going to talk about the answer. This is how you don't get diagnosed as sad, you know, whether it's the acronym or reality. Jesus Christ is the answer to this. He is the strength of our heart. He is the joy of our life. He is the answer to our problems. But let's go back to what the world is saying. They say this is a very common thing. Seasonal affective disorder occurs in climates where there is less sunlight at certain times of the year. More than 3 million cases per year in the U.S. are diagnosed. It might be worth, just for the sake of, of our discussion, because while, while I think we, to some level, would look at this as a, as a sad thing, there is reality behind it. Yeah. People do face things and deal with things. Even if we're the happiest people on earth, there is a certain amount of negativity that comes against us that wants to confront us and challenge us and overcome us and really break our concentration on Jesus and who he is and the joy that he offers. How do we help men, not only for themselves, but for their families, again, co-workers, church members, neighbors, how do we bring something during this time of year that will, that will overcome that? Well, it, it makes sense. And I'm, there was a time in my life, I remember, you almost put all your, I won't say all your hope, but you almost look forward to this time of just having time off work. I remember I used to save my vacation and I remember like counting down the days. Like, man, I only got nine days left, you know, and then I'd be off a couple more days and I'm sitting there counting down. And it's like you almost get not depressed, but I almost feel like here I am supposed to be in a time of happiness and joy around my family. And I'm just worried about how much time off I have left. It's at least heavy. Yeah. There's a heaviness that can That's come on our spirit. Yeah. You know, in different ways, some people are coming out of stressful times at work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I come from an experience where we were blacked out from November until the 1st of January. You know, there was no time off. You lost a leg. Well, looks like you're running your route on one leg. Because, I mean, it, you know, so there was there was that heaviness of the chaoticness. of For, for those listening, you worked in, for a pizza delivery organization. <laughs> yeah. He worked yeah. after school daycare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I was a UPS driver. And so, you know, there was nothing jolly or festive or there was no Christmas season of, of peace. I mean, 14 hours a day, six days a week, there was misery up until 
punching out on Christmas Eve, and then it was like, okay, great, it's Christmas. You get a day off, and then it's like, okay, but now we got to make up for it from where we were off for Christmas. So now the week until New Year's is just as busy, and then oh, then the New Year. So it was just boom, 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 and there it was not intentional, but there was that reality of man, the the good of the holidays is not worth the hassle that the holidays brings, and it's that's not the way that it should be. But I think that's where a lot of people find themselves in the. We're just mindless robots just spinning our little hamster wheel. And for what? There's no joy that comes from it. And it's from a lack of perspective. It's almost like a switch. Okay, I'm going to look, I'm going to put all my time, effort, and energy for this one day. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to plan for it for a month. And I'm going to decorate the entire house, the entire block. It's on the radio, it's on TV. And then after New Year's, it's over. Pack it up. Go back. (laughs) Take it off. Why is your Christmas tree still up? It's December the 26th. Take it down, yeah. right? And that might be where some of it comes from. you got to just, like you said, mm-hmm. Monday the 4th, it's over. Right. we got to go back. Coming up with the name Christmas Tide, where I heard that, we were li- I was listening to um, John Eldridge. He was talking about something that you mentioned there, Napoleon. Eldridge was describing how that the anticipation of things is always better than the event itself yes. and how that's true for Christmas as well. And I think that if you say that, well, let's say if you said that to 100 people, said, you know, the anticipation of Christmas is always more rewarding than the day itself. I think of 100 people, 95 at least of them would say, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And there are those few that they've got they got it. Like, no, they're just so enamored by that day, and it just happens to work that year for them. The, the thing that he brought out when he was discussing that is that we should not be cast down because of that. It's actually a reflection of how our hearts as believers are given to the kingdom. So we hope and we anticipate and we, we look for joy to come, but in this world it never quite meets the desire. It, it just can't meet the expectation. Where we should be encouraged about that is to realize that, that that is in our heart, but the only way it will ever be met is when Jesus comes again, yeah. the coming of the kingdom embrace the the joy, embrace the anticipation, embrace the hope. And then don't be discouraged because it doesn't meet your highest expectation. It can't as long as we're in this life. Our hope is in Christ, but it's in that he is coming again one day. So Christmas, Christmas, navigating the in-between. How are we going to do that? Uh, We have lifted three things that we want to discuss that I believe will help. We're going to go back to scripturally the week after Christmas or the week after Jesus was born. And there's three things that I think really we can draw out of the the events that happen in those first few days that will help us navigate this in-between season and really make the most of it. Let's keep enjoying Christmas. Let's keep the hope. Let's keep keep away the discouragement and the defeat. And the first thing is to make this a week or a season of reflection in our life. In the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, after the shepherds come and they visit with Mary and Joseph at, at, the, at the manger and they leave, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19 that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That is a key to making this season we're in right now a prosperous and joyful time. We need to spend this time reflecting. So reflecting on what? What do we need to reflect on this week? If, it, if reflection is going to help us. In other words, kind of like you were saying, not just jumping right back into the mad dash, but what do we need to reflect on then? 
what Mary was reflecting on there in, in Luke 2 was obviously the significance of the birth. She was no doubt remembering the message that the angel first gave her at the announcement of the birth of Christ. And then when the shepherds came and echoed some of those same exact things with their glorying because of the message that the angels had given to them, I think this week that we have as we are reflecting, God has in some way spoken to all of his children. And I think sometimes, I know in, in for, for me this year, this was a great year to start writing some of those things down so that I, that I could recapture them and go back. There are still some things that I didn't capture, I couldn't tell you specifically, but I remember, oh man, I missed that one, I didn't write that one down. But I remember God speaking to me. I remember him telling me something. And I think this season serves as a good reminder that because Jesus came, because of the significance of Christmas, we now have the opportunity for God to speak to us. And we have that that chance, even in the midst of a chaotic year like 2020 or in the midst of the most routine, mundane, boring year of our lives, God is speaking to his children, and all we have to do is listen. And, and I think it is good for us to reflect and remind ourselves that we're not here alone. God hasn't just wound up everything and just let it go. He is invested. He is speaking. He is calling out to us. And for Mary, the shepherd's coming was validation of the message that she got. I think for her, man, th- this, is, this is great. We need these weeks to validate, man, I can look back. God did speak to me this year reflecting on a salvation you know for example i remember on christmas for example just you know how how satan likes to remind you of those things and and bring up certain things you you feel guilty for whatever it is and i remember thinking specifically well well yeah you know that's that's why i'm celebrating today that's why we that's why we take one day out of the year even though we know that christ wasn't born specifically on december 25th but that's the day that we we recognize it and we reflect on our salvation. This is why he came, because I can't pay my way. I can't earn my own salvation. This was his first. And then the second one, of course, is that submission part. And just thinking about reflecting not only on Mary and Joseph and everyone in that story and how they were obedient, but also Christ. Uh, that I, I think of Second Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, Yet for your sakes, he became poor. His obedience, his submission, his life, why he had to come. And then last of all, I always try to reflect on my my service. And this year, more than anything, what am I doing for him? What does this mean to me? Is this just another day on the calendar? Am I truly taking time to, to, to reflect on that? And that's this year specifically. I don't know why this year was more so than other years, um, but those are the three things I tried to look at. I think this year specifically could be because of this year specifically, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, this year has been the most unusual year that any of us have experienced. You know, going back to Mary, you mentioned how that she was reflecting back on that night, and, and you mentioned, you know, the angel coming to her, and that made me think. So Mary is taking this time after Christmas to literally reflect on the last nine months of her life. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How have the nine last months of your life changed you? How long do we This have? is only an hour-long yeah. podcast. <laughs> Man, a lot. I don't really know how to put it in words other than kind of what you were saying there, just how 
sometimes we need something like this to cause us to stop, you know, to, to, to stop and realize, okay, that it's like the same thing every year, same thing every year, and you almost forget. But this year, this is all subject to change. This thing could get worse. I could get this. But there's other things that can happen, right? It, it puts it all into perspective, it, the brevity of life. This is, we're not promised that everything is just going to be honky-dory and everything's going to be the same every year. And when you put that into perspective, you remember the fact, hey, I only have a, a short time to really make an impact for the Lord and do my job here on earth. Not only that, I only, I don't know what next Christmas is going to be. We might not even mm-hmm. be able to gather together next Christmas. We may all be on lockdown next Christmas. Who knows? I'm not trying to scare anybody, but... How am I different than, than nine months ago? For me, there was a there was a greater reality of what real patience is supposed to be. And I know you've touched on this before about, you know, one of your goals was to be more more patient. I've learned that there is a difference in what my interpretation of patience was and what actual patience is. I I like to consider myself a relatively laid back guy, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of take stuff, go with it. Easy. You know, yeah. Easy. Easy. But one thing hey. that I yeah, <laughs> Exactly. One thing, though, that I have learned is there is a difference in just tolerating stuff and having genuine patience. Like, there was a lot of of tolerating of inconveniences with mask mandates and lockdowns and, you know, size requirements for assemblies and all of that kind of stuff. A lot of that was, was tolerated. But genuine patience of... God is at work at something. He is doing something. He is using this to grow his people. Therefore, he is using this to grow me. How is he growing me? And that's where I get in a rush. Like, okay, Lord, we get it. It's been nine months. You know, message received, lesson learned. Let's just, let's get past this and and move on. This year has proven to me that my timeline is definitely not the same timeline as God's. And if I am going to experience the full measure of growth that he is offering... It's going to take some patience, some anticipation of the finished work, and some acceptance that God hasn't forgotten me. He knows where I am. He's with me and strengthening me, and he is doing something. And that then translates into how I display patience with others, because if I'm having to go through this, well, then he's at work in other people too, and I can't rush their process along any more than I can rush mine along either. Not to make light of any of that, but whoever prayed for patience at the beginning of 2020, yeah, thanks quit. a lot. Don't pray for patience in 2021. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let me read this to you. I think you'll find the connection here, and there's so much. This is Henry Now, and it's from his book, Turn My Morning Into Dancing. And he's speaking of when he was a was teaching at the university. A student once likened her relationship with God to, quote, a kind of fire that provides energy for all the external concerns of my life. I don't want that fire to go out. The answer lies in the twin resources of memory and expectation. We first look backward to see how our lives' seemingly unrelated events have brought us to where we are, to discern God's presence in the events that have made us or unmade us. And when I think about 2020... And reflecting, there have been a lot of things this year in the disruption that have made our lives or unmade our lives. And our, our reflection, as well as the expectation part that we're going to look at in a moment, 
will help us to discern God's hand in it. And that's the key to staying healthy and happy and holy through all of this is to discern the hand of God. Now, I think in the time of reflection, what you want to do is make sure you don't lose that. You want to go back and recapture those things. Write them down. Mary kept these things. She secured them. She recorded them. Somehow, Mary recorded this so that she wouldn't forget. And that's what you need to do during this week of reflection. Let's talk about worship now. Because in last week's podcast, we were talking about the merry men of Christmas, and we didn't get to the wise men. But they are critical to this this discussion. And in Matthew chapter 2, it tells us that when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Now, this week needs to be a week of some particular worship. I think the wise men teach us that. We're not talking necessarily about corporate worship here at Mm -hmm. the church gathering, although that's important and we need that. It's really good. But I think the emphasis in terms of worship that we need to make here during this week is that personal worship of bringing our hearts before the Lord Jesus and expressing our gratitude and adoring him for who he is. That will be very healthy for your heart during this week of the in-between. Because yes, the Christmas day's over, but celebrating Christmas isn't. Yes, it's been a difficult trying year and a new year's coming, but our hope's not in a new year. We need to center our heart on the worship of Jesus. That's what will keep us in the right place, the right spirit. I think one one thing to, to, to watch out for, and, and it has to do with just religion in general, we like to cherry pick. I've been dwelling on what you were talking about over Trek a couple podcasts ago, but we were having a discussion. We are talking about the Psalms. Yes, we want to study the Psalms. We want to study the entire Bible, but also having a having that 30,000-foot view mindset of it all, not staying in that passage. There is a context to the Scripture. And when we study the Christmas story, it's the same way. You know, the way the psalmist is. Yes, we can relate to the psalmist, but hey, let's remind ourselves. Jesus Christ came. He, he died for our sins. He's coming again. Same way with the Christmas story. Let's not just cherry-pick the Christmas story and then look at it and just get in the moment and go through all the motions, but what I'm trying to do is, what's the context of that? What did he do? He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for my sins. He's coming again, and I think there's a danger of just reading Luke chapter number two, closing your Bible, and okay, I guess I'll, you know, Easter's next, right? Staying in that mindset of, okay, why did he come, and and really worship, and hey, he's coming again. It could be any, any moment now, And I think to that point, as we're talking about practical ways, the wise men came and they were worshiping the arrival of the king, but were still anticipating the work that he was come to do. Right. We now have the benefit of hindsight looking back and seeing, yes, the arrival of the king, but we see the accomplishment of his work. So as the wise men were worshiping in the work that he was going to do, they were worshiping the fact that he was going to pay the price and was going to lay claim to the throne. We worship the fact that he took claim. He he paid the price. He is now 
the sole heir, the rightful owner of that throne. So we worship him practically in our life by making him king and lord of our lives every day. The wise men came and they offered that worship because of what he was going to do. Now because he has done that work, it is up to us to then yield to him what he is entitled to. He is entitled to the service, the total dedication, the 100% priority of all of his subjects, Mm -hmm. those that are the recipients of his finished work. So as I'm going to worship him practically every day, I don't have to bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, when I bring my offering to church, you you mentioned this overtrek the other day. Is it Psalm 50? The psalm that talks about how God is not interested in the in the blood of, of bullocks and goats. He he doesn't. He, he it's not the actual physical offering that he's looking for, but it is the heart of the giver. Right. It is the one that is just making everything and is demonstrating that God, everything is yours. You own it. You are entitled to it. So I put that in display when I wake up in the morning and I consecrate my day. Lord Jesus, I am living this day for you. This yeah. is your day for me to do your work. And it is the exact same heart in which these wise men brought their three gifts that I am bringing myself, my day, my offerings. Lord, it's yours. How does this translate into practical worship of Jesus in your day? Because I think it starts with this. You have to dedicate time to dwell. And I think that's where you you are bringing in the meditation the reflection, you know, the, the reflection still ties into our worship. And that's that's what I think you you are just describing right there and reflecting on all that Jesus is, all that he has done. That will stir our hearts to worship because my heart is indicting a good matter, Psalm 45, 1, and, and that leads me to I will sing praise. Mm-hmm. I'm a big I'm a big resolution guy. I I, I think it's a great time to and we're using that word reflection, this time between Christmas and New Year's, a great time for self-examination. What did I do last year that was good? What were goals that I made that I didn't meet? What, what are goals that made absolutely no sense and I tried to do it and I was just a waste of time, right? And you're looking at the, the coming year, and as a, as a man of God, as a, as a Christian, this is the perfect time during that reflection and during that worship to then say, okay, Monday, January the 4th, this coming week, what am I going to do differently? What has 2020 taught me? What has this time of reflection and worship caused me to realize I need to do something totally different this coming year, or I need to do something more of the same, whatever it is. But I think this time period is that perfect time making those resolutions and, and setting those goals. I think a way you move into seeing practical worship here is look at the, let's just look at the, the wise men. What did they do? They came seeking Jesus. Worship always begins with seeking Jesus. I believe that every man should start his day seeking Jesus. And during this particular time of year, because we're connecting all this reflection and we're going to talk in just a moment about our expectations, all that seems to come into our worship during this week. I'm seeking Jesus in a very specific way. The wise men that week were seeking Jesus, Jesus in a very specific way. Even this morning, as I was in my time of prayer and reading, I was in the Psalms, I love Psalm 69, 32. Your heart shall live that seek God. What better way to counteract the 
effects of discouragement, depression, despair, darkness, than to seek God so that my heart comes alive. So they came seeking the Lord in a very specific way. They also physically put themselves before him, kneeling down, and offered their adoration. How are we going how are we doing that in our day, in our prayer time, thinking about all these things of who he is and what he's done? As you said, we don't just see that he arrived, we have the joy of looking at all that he accomplished. And we can express that to him in our prayer, in our words of praise and worship. And then they offered gifts unto him. And and I think that there's some application in that, that we have something to offer. So when it comes to making those resolutions, when it comes to looking at the coming year and what I want to do for his glory, there's where that part comes in. I want to make an offering, as you said, Psalm 50, go back to that. He's not interested in the bullocks and the calves. He's interested in our heart. And so I'm going to resolve myself that in my worship now, in my worship this week, Lord, I am searching my heart. I am I'm discovering what I can give you and what you would like to have of me, and I am offering that to you. This week can be a special consecration of preparing ourselves for 2021. I love the way that you were able to help make the connection between reflection and the worship. That works out well. There's one more thing we want to talk about, and that's something else that happens in the first week or first few days of the life of Jesus. And it's in Luke chapter 2 again, and it is when Mary and Joseph take him to the temple, and they see... And so there's this there's the man and woman in the temple in Jerusalem, Simeon and Anna, and what they represent for us that I think is very helpful for this week that we are in right now is a focus on our expectations. The man Simeon, we have here a man who had lived many years with this anticipation that he would see the Messiah, he would see the Lord's Christ come. It, it, it says in verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. In Simeon, we see a man who had lived with this great hope in his heart, a hope which God had set in his heart. That's key. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Simeon had first delighted himself in God, and God had placed in him a desire. And for all these years, he's lived waiting, and his expectation comes. Now, I believe that this week, to help navigate through all the negative that can come, one of the things that will be most healthy for you to do as an individual and to lead your family in is sitting down and talking about our expectations. Gathering the family together and saying, hey, what, what are we wanting to see in this coming year? And letting God guide that, because we're already reflecting personally. We're already worshiping. Now our hearts are ready for this, okay, what, what can I expect? What is God going to do in this coming year? Now, I don't want to just bypass Simeon and Anna per se, but they make the point, they bring the point to us 
that expectation is a part of it. In, in that same book I read from earlier by now and Turn My Morning Into Dancing, I read you the part about the reflection, but he says in the expectation, or he calls it the forward look, we will experience the minutes and hours and days of our lives differently when hope takes up residence. Hope is not dependent on peace in the land, justice in the world, and success in the business. Hope is willing to leave unanswered questions unanswered and unknown futures unknown. Hope makes you see God's guiding hand not only in the gentle and pleasant moments, but also in the shadows of disappointment and darkness. I think that frames for us the opportunity to understand and embrace that no matter what 2021 brings, whether it's more of the same or a new day where the sun comes back out and some of the bad stuff goes away for a while, whichever, our hope is first in our Lord. And that frames it all. What is your heart hoping for in 2021? So let me ask it to you this way. Over in Mark chapter 10, Jesus is coming out of Jericho and he meets the man Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus is crying out to him, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus commands, he stops and commands him to come to be brought to him. When Bartimaeus comes, Mark 10, 51, Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Now here's my question for you. We're talking about expectations. If you could ask Jesus for anything, and in Bartimaeus' example, if you were given permission by Jesus himself to ask for anything for the coming year, what would you ask for? This has been something that is, again, with reflection. But I would ask for improvement and the ability to communicate better. Because I know as the unedited joke of the podcast is, a lot of times it takes a while for me to get my thoughts to come out clearly. While some of that is just chalked up as, you know, learning as you're going, I'm beginning to see how this is impacting folks in the church that I minister with, my wife, my children, things of that nature. And I've, I've picked up that it does one of two things. It either conveys to the person that I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just running my mouth just for sake of hearing myself talk, which is not the case. Or it conveys to this person that I'm talking to, well, I'm too dumb to understand what he's talking about. So I, it's over my head. I'm turning it off. So there's definitely a lack there. So if I was anticipating something... With the amount of growth that Jesus brought in my life over 2020, if I had to target right now the next area that I would really like to see the Lord bring improvement in my life as it relates to my family, my ministry, and others, it would be to be able to, to communicate quickly, concisely, and more clearly. What I like about your response is it wasn't, you know, I'd really like to get that dream vacation to Disney World this year. Oh, man. Now... <laughs> If that's on your list of things you would ask for, that's not uh, that it's bad. But what what you're going to there is something less superficial, less temporal, and more broad in that it will enlarge life for you more than ever. In other words, it sounds like a reflective, worshipful f- expectation coming out of this year. Not to sound stereotypical, obviously, Mine is 
And and that's that's something I, I wrestled with. I was like, well, of course that's what yours is. You know, of course people are going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. Mine was, if, if Jesus were to ask me that, I want my ministry to continue to go to the next level. Me and a good friend of mine were talking about this, how it's good to listen to yourself in the ministry. And am I improving? When I talk to people and they ask me questions, am I able to just overall... And, of course, that's a stereotypical thing to say, right? Well, I want to improve in my ministry. But what I really want is to stay, and we've had this conversation before, about being able to study, prepare your sermon the day of. And let me explain that. You're not partying it up all week, and then on the day of your preaching, you're like, oh, man, all right, Lord, you know, where are we at today? What am I going to study? But it's that constant meditation in the Scripture you don't know why you're studying what you're studying, but God brings it all together because you're constantly meditating. And I've experienced that this past year more than I have, I think, my entire ministry of just staying, okay, Lord, where am I at today? Staying in that constant state of meditation, and that's what I want to see more of next year. Again, it's all connected to this year. Right. And Which is what should drive our expectations going into the new year. Yeah. And look, I really think it'd be great. We... There's things we would like to see happen this coming year. There's some pretty big things that are supposed to happen this coming year, even in my family. Oh, yeah. And and then there's some things that could happen this year that I would just as soon avoid, if at all possible. But none of that is what's going to make this year successful, mm-hmm. whether those things happen or don't happen. But it is, as your responses have, have demonstrated, it is what are we allowing the Lord to do inside of us. Come back to my own personal reflection a couple of days ago, and I didn't even recognize this until after the fact. It's what brought me to Mark ten fifty one when I remembered that Jesus asked this question: "What you know? What would what would you have me do?" And I had been reflecting on this was just a couple of days ago. I'd been reflecting on you know the the what's coming up in the new year and what I would want and and how I haven't got everything right. I mean, even just this this past week or this week, I, I haven't done everything right. I haven't got everything right. I've had some challenging days. There's been mess-ups and misunderstandings. But I had wrote these things down. I want to live better. I want to not make the mistakes. I want to say the right things and think the right thoughts. I want to have a healthy and holy attitude towards life and others. I want to simplify life. This is a big one. Life is too full of a whole lot of unnecessary. Maybe 24 hours seems like so little because I'm trying to cram too much into it. So I want to simplify life. And the last thing I wrote, I want a healthy soul. I want to live from my heart in pursuit of God. And as I follow after him, become a kind and loving man. I want to have the capacity to love my wife and truly cherish her, and I want to be the father, the kind of father that my children will turn to. I was just reflecting those thoughts, and then then this come to me. Jesus said, what is it that you would have me do? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that's God's word to me. It's a gift. Okay, will you bear your heart to me? Will you really offer to me what it is you want? Because I'm willing to do this for you. That's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And my challenge to everybody listening, anyone listening is, is that 
I believe the Lord is offering and extending that to us. What is it we really, really want? And you, you mentioned something before, and this has stuck with me, and this has been kind of the theme, and it goes back to my goals, but also you two as well. But that phrase, my soul is a vessel to be filled, mm-hmm. and especially my goals specifically, if I want that, I have to keep that mindset throughout this year. What am I truly, again, going back to what I said earlier, not everything is bad, but is it, it you know, there, there's nothing wrong with having hobbies and good things, but what am I filling my soul with? Yes. You know, what, what is this doing for my ministry, my life as a whole, as a husband, as a father? I think they all kind of connect in a way. Yes. Okay, so reflection and worship and expectation These are the things that were going on in the Bible right after Christmas. These are the things that will help us navigate the in-between time, make Christmas tide a great season of our life, and really capture the opportunity that's in front of us moving into the new year. So as we wrap up this final podcast of the 2020 and the first ever season of The Code of Man, it is my joy as Mike Overtrek Barnett, the captain of this ship, the host with the most, to say, <laughs> sorry, I was actually crying because that was so beautiful and touching. <laughs> Just kidding. It is my pleasure hmm. and honor to wish you all the best of New Year's, and may you find your happy hearts on the happy trails. And this is Doctor Dean. I wasn't sure I was done. <laughs> well. I wasn't sure either, and I was trying to help you out. Please, please take over. I was just going to say, this is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon. To all of our eight listeners out there, stay classy. You're welcome. And this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying, for the final time, today, this season, and ever, good morning, good afternoon, Yes, and good night. Our dreams do come true. In the heart of a champion, there